got one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 22. Uh, it is the day after Christmas when we record this. Um, I'm, I did the intro properly that time. Well, sort I of. mean, you did put the and before the one, two, three, four, five, as opposed to the one, two, three, four, five, and welcome. All right, are we just like nitpicking my intros now? <laughs> you've, you've, you've infused this intro. It Everybody, used to be... stop the recording. We've got to record it a third time. It's, it used to be such a pleasant experience for me doing these intros. Now it's full of anxiety. Oh, well, no. you've had your practice nice time without me nitpicking, and now I'm going to be on your back like a, a brandy koala. Oh, that was an interesting visual. Yeah, um, I was trying to think of a reason why a koala would be hugging someone. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so it is It is Boxing Day as we record this, a holiday we don't have in the U.S. It uh, is. But, uh, yeah. It's poor people Christmas. Yeah, for, for, for the U.S. listeners who don't know what Boxing Day is, it comes out of the... 1800s in the British Empire where it was fashionable to have uh, live-in servants and um, so like maid, butler, cook, that sort of thing. Yeah, and... you can find out all about it in the last podcast. Oh, did we talk about it in the last one? <laughs> yes, you went into great detail. Oh, okay. Well, here I am repeating myself. Uh, anyway, yeah, so not, not Christmas themed. This is the podcast that will go out uh, after New Year's, so kind of looking on to 2021. Yep. Wait, uh, is it after New Year's? I think so. It will so. be after New Year's, it yeah. It will be, yeah. So, uh, what better way to start the new year uh, than with some uh, pretty pretty awful news. Uh, the Cyberpunk, the game that I was uh, lauding as such a great game, at least on the PC, albeit with some, of, some significant glitchiness, uh, on consoles, especially older consoles, it was a bit unplayable. I was just told by a friend this morning that um, they're being sued. And I, looking it up, they're being sued by their investors because their stock dipped after the launch. Um, because the launch was, was handled so poorly on the consoles. Um, I thought it was going to be like somebody who purchased the game suing them. No, it's their investors suing them because of the the poor launch reception which i i don't know i feel like all of this is a little bit unfair to cd project red because they they are a rarity in the game industry in that they seem to be a pretty good company they put out generally like products that seem like they have a lot of passion in them the writing is excellent the graphics are usually top notch uh, if there is some glitchiness, it's normally not intrusive to the story. Uh, and they tend to be very responsive to, like, fan feedback. Even even during this whole thing, like, they didn't hesitate to go, like, okay, anyone who wants a refund, doesn't matter how long you've played the game, we'll give you a full refund, but we're asking you to stick with us, we're patching it as quickly as possible. They, they're, they're generally a very good company, which is so rare... <laughs> <laughs> especially in an industry dominated by things like Ubisoft and EA. So it kind of makes me Not sad to see Ubisoft. <laughs> With their five-factor authentication. Actually, mm -hmm. we have to res rescind that uh, statement now. Oh, why? What happened? 
because it no longer boots up Ubisoft Connect every time you play the game. In fact, I don't think it even makes you hit yes once before hitting the game. Oh. <laughs> Maybe they got enough uh, negative feedback on that that they... Maybe. They heard our <laughs> cries of dismay. <laughs> Maybe Ubisoft is one of our listeners. The, the or maybe someone just hacked my account or something, and I don't know. Yeah, another possibility. <laughs> yeah, so that's a bit of bit of sad news. Um, although uh, something else, uh, <laughs> so I don't want to dwell on that too long because it it is just genuinely depressing to me that you know, a good company like that is uh, is getting taken taken down. Well, hopefully they won't go down altogether. The, the game is good, so I think once it's patched, like it's going to do quite well in terms right. of uh, in terms of sales and revenue. Yeah, and it, it, it's certainly no Fallout seventy six. Yeah, no, that was a an unmitigated disaster. Like that deserved lawsuits. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, but this seems like I mean, for a start, it's not exactly multiplayer, is it? No, it's a it's a single player. Uh, RPG first-person shooter. Um, yeah, it's a story. Is yeah, essentially what people are telling you. If the graphics don't always like line up perfectly, or even if you have to repeat a part of it, you can't be too mad at it. It's not like you're you're, you're only losing a set amount of progress, and you can fly back there pretty darn quickly, I imagine, because you'll just not be admiring all the beautiful graphics the second time around. Yeah, you're just gonna be, uh, and that that has happened to me once while playing the game. I had a um, a quest marker bug out, and I just had to load a previous save from like five minutes ago, and so yeah. I already knew what I was doing after that. So I was able to just repeat that very quickly, and then it was fine. Um, so it's you know not without its issues, but I've as I've said before, I found it endearing in the same way that I found Skyrim or Oblivion endearing. So. Hopefully their their stock bounces back. Um, they don't get hit too hard by the lawsuit, and um, the game ends up being functional on consoles too, so other people can enjoy it the way I have been. Mm. Moving completely away from that, uh, <laughs> this is these are very negative topics this morning. Uh, we were talking, well, you were talking to me earlier in the week about a uh, Netflix series that you can't get over <laughs> in the UK, despite yep. it being. Um, Mostly. Get ready for more Netflix bashing. Uh, and of course, with every Netflix bash, you have to... Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scales thing, right? With every time that one company is attacked, in this case, Amazon becomes the, the shining light of today's example. <laughs> um, Netflix, I mean, to be fair, Netflix, uh, Amazon doesn't do it any better. They do the exact same thing. But yeah. Netflix... They have a horrible habit of taking an English film or a really good TV series and making it available in America, but not in England. <laughs> and yes, the the one that irked me so much earlier this week was the Lord of the Rings trilogy is available in America, but not here. Uh, yeah. So now I have to either shill out about it's about 18 pounds for all three um the, a copy of all three films mm. uh, and that's like digital hd yeah 
as 18 pounds, which is pretty darn expensive for any kind of... Anyway. It's... Uh, but... Or I have to just, you know, hound Kaiser until he lets me watch it for free. <laughs> so... <laughs> just those are my options. We, well, yeah. the, this, you're right in saying, though, that it isn't just a, a purely a Netflix thing, because region locking is something that happens with all kinds of streaming sites. Um, even on U even YouTube does does it. They they region lock certain videos um, based on regional laws. Honestly, the the people you should be blaming is the BBC because they're the ones who restrict um, restrict English TV shows and movies from being broadcast abroad because they want you to pay for your your TV license and uh <laughs> see the uh see the the movies and tv shows on their services or buy the physical copies and then they get the revenue for it uh so blame yeah what are you gonna say i was just gonna say they they definitely have a portion of the blame yeah from what i read up it was basically just netflix saw that there were not as um the the, the number of people in england is obviously not nearly as much as in america they just could be bothered to buy the licenses for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is a shame. But hey, maybe when we've left the EU pretty soon... Well, I mean, you're taking the BBC change. with you, so that's not really going to yeah. change much. I did. I, region locks are an interesting thing, because I used to notice when I was traveling for work... Like, my phone is registered to the U.S., so if I was just on my mobile data and I'd be like watching a video or watching a say I was watching Netflix or Amazon on my phone, um, but then I like I get to a hotel and I log into the Wi-Fi at the hotel and suddenly whatever I was watching is no longer available. But if I go off off the Wi-Fi and I'm just on like my network again, then mm. I can still watch it. This happened to me most noticeably when I was in Germany for work. Because there's apparently a lot of stuff on American um, Amazon and Netflix that is not available in Germany. I was All right. so like a but I can't remember what series I was watching at the time, but it just um, it, I got I got to Germany went on so I, I just I have unlimited data, so I just watched it on data while I was there. Right. If I wanted to yeah. watch those particular things, I imagine quite a few. Um... World War II themed films are probably banned in Germany. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, considering like doing the, the Nazi salute in, in Germany is considered illegal. Yeah, so is like any display of the. Um, I, I'm not sure I even want to say that word out loud because YouTube will get angry. But no, oh. any any display of like the, the swastika flag um, is also yeah. banned over there, I think. Um, like I remember hearing when like I think it was one of the Call of Duty World War Two games when came out over in in Germany they had to change the symbol like the, the all the armbands had to be either removed or blurred or patched out or something. <laughs> so right, I mean, like you can cover up, you know, the Nazis. <laughs> I mean, that that's another sort of like weird region lock sort of thing that it's not mm. it's not you're locking the media but you're changing the media for a region like rainbow six siege what... sorry i was just gonna say i wonder where they stand on wolfenstein I, I i imagine they probably have to 
severely edit the um the the because that's like ridiculing the Nazis. It is, but they just I, I guess they. I, I don't know. The, I think the I laws are just pretty that. much you can't display it at all. It doesn't matter if you're making yeah. fun of them or praising them. You just can't talk about it. Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, you were saying about... I was saying other other weird region locks. Like, these aren't really region locks. You can still get the media, but it's heavily modified. So, like, Rainbow mm. Six Siege in China, like, any sort of um, occult stuff is gone. Any sort of, like, gambling paraphernalia is gone. From, from levels, like if, if there's stuff like that scattered around, it's gone. Cool. <clears throat> I don't remember there being a cult stuff. I think there was like a Halloween level, and they had to heavily modify it when they released it in China. Okay. I mean, yeah, they, they do a Halloween thing every year. And, um, but, yeah. like, that, that's, it's not really, it wasn't really like a cult stuff so much as like, you know, an electric chair kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know why exactly i don't it, i think i assume it's a cultural thing but china's very sensitive about any sort of occult thing like any references to zombies or stuff like that oh wow that's okay yeah they're i, I remember reading years ago that um when wow finally released in china they had to make some serious modifications to it uh to remove a lot of gore and a lot of uh references to occult things but then like Japan has like all the onis and the demon spirits and things, and they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, well Japan doesn't you know, just give a over fuck. the pond. But Japan has other weird things. Like Japan is perfectly okay with all, like all that stuff, but um, v like violence tends to be more heavily censored, and also all. God, this is already. I got to make sure I mark this for explicit. All pornography in Japan is blurred. Like. It's you're not allowed to have uncensored pornography in Japan. Yeah, I mean the whole you know pixelated joke. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. It's yeah. I, I just yeah. every the I guess the point the point I'm trying to get here is aside from like region locks are a part of this and mostly that has to do with copyright and you know purchasing the rights but there's also like these soft region locks where because of uh a country uh, or culture's feeling or like a, a government's what, what a government does and doesn't want their people to see you get these these other like soft region locks where they'll modify or heavily restrict content based on that like the, so their sensibilities what I essentially need to do is get some like uh, the thumbnail some, some pixelated Nazi porn with the logos turned into like bacon sandwiches or something oh god but yeah that and then i could just say suitable for all countries along the top <laughs> oh my god i want to see that thumbnail so badly but i also don't want my youtube channel banned <laughs> uh, but if the seo like you know when you put in something a little bit dicey and then everyone's like "Ooh, something like dicey's happening in this one i'd better click on <laughs> How spicy. Yeah, it's like one of those the clickbait thumbnails. Look at them curves on Hitler. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. So... For anyone offended out there. Oh. So, uh, so um... yes, yeah, back to the batter at hand. Yeah. Was... 
what, what were we? How, we started with region. No, it was, we started with uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But I, honestly, I think Lord we've of... kind of exhausted that. The, the, the reason I was looking at Lord of the Rings yeah. um, was, I mean, there's a whole long story, and I think I told you yesterday, but um, I was I was watching the, the scene. Wait, you have seen Lord of the Rings, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen all three of them. I actually, re- in, in an earlier podcast, I talked about them because I had recently bought the Blu-rays when they were on sale on Amazon, and I watched all of them, right. like in a painful marathon run. Oh, damn. Because I watched the extended editions for all of them, so they're all, like, three hours long. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, no, I was watching the uh, the the fight between... I can never remember their names. It's not Ratbag, because Ratbag's the one from Shadow of Mordor. Um, the two guys in the guys, the orc and the uruk in the um, Sirith Ungle, I think it is um, where they're like fighting over the belongings they took off of Frodo, and Frodo's like still got Shelob's web kind of covering him mm. uh, and then they like start arguing, one pushes the other down through the tower and there's a massive fight between the orcs and the uruk uh, but Wait, what? That scum knifed me! <laughs> and they just start <laughs> punching each other. <laughs> which which movie is that in? Uh, okay, so it's, like I said, it's just after Shelob. So it would be... Um, they, Merry and Pippin... So, Rewinding, not mm-hmm. Merry and Pippin, uh, Frodo and Sam. Mm. Before going past Shelob, they went past the... Um, Minas Morgul, which is where the Witch King lives. Um, I think it's during the Siege of Osgiliath, I think. So it's just after that, so after the fight in Minas Tirith, I think. All of these names are just gibberish to me. I've, (laughs) I've read the books, I've seen the movies, I can never keep these names straight. You know, you know the uh, the the place where the guy gets set on fire and runs off the end of the the city. Oh, okay. So it's the third movie then. Is it, I thought that was the. S- no, 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 that no. Was... That happens in the third movie. Yeah, you're right. Because the two towers is. Yeah, the second movie is where they're like besieged in that cliffside um, city. That's... But they defeat Sauron and his army in the two towers, don't they? They defeat no. They defeat, and. Yeah, they defeat an army that is is attacking, but it's a different one. It's like the horse people have that mountainside like citadel that they hide in, and right. um, Gandalf. The... What? I was gonna say it's the rise of the Ents in the third film. No, it's in the second film. It, it, anyway, it's either the second or the third film. It's okay. um, it's a very funny scene. The the Ents definitely happens in the second film. Because um, I remember, because yeah. near the beginning of the third film, they reunite with Merry and Pippin, and the Ents are walking around, and you but, know. But the Urukai are obviously Saruman's troops. He made them. Yeah. And I'll I'll be perfectly honest. The... I couldn't tell the difference between the two of them. Basically, like, Urukai are just bigger. Yeah. That's. <laughs> <laughs> So and they've got just, the white hand of Sauron, like, printed on their face in chalk. Yeah, I think watching through this second... Because when I originally saw the movies... Because I never read the books as, as a kid. Uh, mm. When I originally saw the movies, I... 
I was so lost <laughs> for most of it. Like, I got the general concept. Okay, ring bad, Saruman bad. There's a bunch of, like, orc things that came out of the ground or somewhere else. Yeah. You know, get the ring in the fire. A lot more authentic and creepy than I remember them being. Bear in mind, I haven't seen any of the films in about six or seven years, I guess. Hmm. And so I, I'm, like, super ready to watch them again. Um, but yeah, the orcs, they are super creepy. And, oh my god, they did such a good job with them. Despite it being, what, 2003 that they made the last film or something? Yeah, yeah, it was early 2000s, because I was, oh, I was very yeah. young when I saw them. Well, not very young, I was a teenager. But, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Maybe that should be more in the media segment. Yeah, but, um, no, um, down with that, you, you fool of a took. <laughs> oh my god, that was, there were some, some good, the end part was actually one of my favorite parts in all three movies, like where they, they come charging mm -hmm. out of the forest, they get pissed because of all the trees being, like, destroyed, and then yeah. they just, like, they charge the down, yeah. That was that was an awesome scene. I love that whole bit. I kind of want to watch that whole bit, bit again, like just that bit. Yeah. Oh, and now I can because it's on Netflix. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh hmm. man. Okay. Uh, uh, so, just to kind whose of whose turn is it for movie next? By the way, is it my turn? I thought it was yours. I, I don't know. I, I was asking whose turn is it. Oh, sorry. Uh, so Alicia did the last one. We watched uh, St. Trinian's, oh, which yes, we okay, talked about yeah, on the last podcast. And I think you were saying you uh, may have wanted well, to the pick last Scarface. Podcast, the podcast before that. And yes, I do want to watch Scarface. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's also Riddick I want to make you watch, so I might, I might delay Scarface. I think if you don't choose it, I will for my, my choice, just because okay. I really want to see it. I feel like I'm, I'm shortchanging. Maybe we should do it as just a bonus one because we both really want to see it. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe next week we're going to have a lot of films to talk about. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, I'm on vacation next week, so like I said yeah. earlier, I can have some time. Yeah, you got all your work out of the way. Uh, yeah, sorry, was there a, a topic or theme you wanted to pull back to? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, we talked about the two topics that, that I had there, so I was actually thinking... Um, that for like the last little bit here um oh what was it damn it I, I completely lost what I wanted to talk about sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fine um oh you know I do have something I want to rant about because I just went through the process of buying Christmas gifts for people on Steam oh yes uh, thank you very much for that game I oh. believe I said um yes. Merry Christmas Merry Christmas but the, so I, a lot of obviously people aren't seeing each other so much this year. So buying physical gifts wasn't really uh, an option for a lot of uh, friends and family. So I was looking to do digital gifts. Um, my parents, I got them physical gifts because I was going to see them. But with a lot of other people, I was going to buy gifts on Steam. So I had a few presents to buy. And Steam does this very, like what I did was I wrote out the people I needed to get them for. I wrote out a list of the, uh, like the, I, I was just noting down games and things digitally that I wanted to get for them. 
And then I just made like a yes, no, have I purchased it yet? Yes, no. And then I had a price column so I could keep track of how much I was spending. Very simple Excel sheet. So I made that up. I've got my list ready. I go over to Steam and I start making the purchases. I buy two games and apparently I made them too fast for Steam's comfort because then I get an error message that says, you've been, you've been making purchases too rapidly. Please wait a while and try again. And that message stayed there for like an hour and a half. I had to like, I, I tried everything. I tried emptying the cart, putting it back in and sending it again. I tried closing Steam down and opening it back up. No, they just don't want you to make purchases too quickly for some reason. So, and I sent no. them a ticket um, that, that was like, hey, I'm buying Christmas presents. I'm going to be making these purchases rapidly. Can you please fuck off? And I didn't say it in those words. I tried to be more no. professional. Cordial. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. And it doesn't let you say you're having a general problem with purchasing. You have to say specifically what you were trying to purchase. So I did. No. Now, eventually, I was able to purchase the thing and send it. But so by the time they responded to me, that had already happened. And so they're like, oh, we see you purchased the game. Are you done? And I'm like, no, I'm not fucking done. Because this error message happened three more times during the day. So like when I finally cleared, I was able to buy three more games, error message. I had to wait another hour and a half, three more games, error message. And it just, it was infuriating because it, it was a task that should have taken me like a half hour at most. Um, and it ended up taking the entire day <laughs> to go through and do this. Steam yeah. has had a long history with me and just being really, really just shitty around, like, gift-giving. Because, well, well, yeah, get your thoughts out on that before I rant about the other thing they did a few years ago that pissed me off. Okay, so, um, this is probably a link to what you were about to say. Um, the Steam used to be really good. And over the years, I feel like they haven't done anything to improve it. And in fact, they've actually been getting slowly worse over the years. Yes. Um, now, granted, the reasoning they give is because they don't want people, like, setting up accounts and, like, trading stuff. But basically not using it as a Steam account. Using it as some kind of trading account. And, alright, granted, that's, that's kind of annoying, but the, the methods that they've used to stop that happening directly affects everybody else. So, like, I can't buy... Uh, there's a lot of gifts, uh, games, that I can't gift to people now in different countries because of the um, change in, uh, in pricing between the countries. Yeah. And I remember... I, I think they must have softened that rule because, I'm, honestly, I'm surprised that you were even able to send me a game. I did get blocked. Uh, there, I did get blocked with. I had another game that I was trying to get for somebody outside the U.S., and I did get region blocked because it said that the the price difference was something, and it gave me an error message. I had to find something else to get them. Yeah, wow. and that's like just so annoying when you can't even buy a goddamn present online. Um, and the other one was that. Oh, buggery! What was it? 
No, I've lost it. You go with yours. So the the other thing they did a few years back that really annoyed me, what I used to do is I knew that at the end of the year, I had a lot of people that, I have a lot of friends that play video games. And so a video game on Steam is probably a really good thing to give them as a Christmas gift. So throughout the year, if I'd see like a good deal on a game that I'm like, oh, I bet, you know, this person would like, or I bet it'd be good for someone, but I'm not sure Mm. who yet. I'd buy the game and you used to be able to put it in your inventory in your Steam account. And then when it came time, you would be like, okay, I've got my Christmas list. Oh, I have these games. Oh, let me give X, Y, and Z this gift and this gift and this gift. And I can just kind of You gave me Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. I can just give them the gift as it gets closer to Christmas or schedule it to go out. Yeah. Steam took away the ability to uh, put games in your inventory. There's still a way to do it, but it's very tricky now. You have to make an alternate Steam account, buy the game, give it to that account, and then decline the gift, and then it'll go back in your inventory. Um, So it's it's convoluted, and it's not worth the time, honestly. You have to now, if you want to give a game as a gift, you have to buy it, and when you buy it, you have to specifically choose the person and schedule the date it's going to go to them on. So that already was really annoying. I actually made a, a post on Steam's forums complaining about this, and it got a ton of traction. There was a bunch of people responding and agreeing, saying that you know, they brought up that they did it to get rid of uh, the behavior you were talking about, where people would just set up an account and stockpile games when they were on sale, and then sell them when they weren't on sale, like trade them with people for, for stuff. Yeah. Which, I'm like, okay, fine, why are you punishing everyone for them? Like, just either, if you really don't like it, ban the account, or more reasonably, take away that account's ability to store games. Problem solved, right? But instead they decided to punish everyone. And anyway, the, the forum got a lot of traction. There was a lot of people responding and a Steam moderator locked it. So it was just, they not only have they been making the service slightly shittier over the years, but anytime, well, the few times I've tried to point it out on their forums and discuss it with people, uh, they've just locked the forum and won't mm. let you post anymore. So that, that tells me that they know they're doing something pretty shitty, but they just don't want to admit it. I, I think there was a story I told you a while back about um, someone, one of, one of the Yogscast members who, um, called Spiffing Brit, who uh, exploited Steam mm-hmm. by, uh, there was an event on where whenever you bought a game or something, it gives you a certain amount of points. Yeah, and then if you try and send that game to someone and they decline it, the uh, game is refunded, like all the money goes back to the person who bought it, but the person keeps the points. Oh, so that was one of, on on one of their like summer sale events, like a year or year and a half ago. Um, and so he kept doing this, and he got like so 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 many points, which basically gave you. Um. It's basically making money for nothing. Mm. But it's making Steam money for nothing. And uh, eventually, he. um, The way he got caught. Well, I mean, for a start, he made a video of it. He wasn't, like, doing this purely out of, like, greed or anything. He didn't need the money. It's not like it was a clandestine sort of thing. No. uh, He made a YouTube video of it. He showed the whole world. And. 
I guess a lot of people started doing it. But um, the people that call him were, were his PayPal account, right? Got in contact with Steam. And they were like, he's doing this, alright? And then PayPal, I think, closed his account. Right? Yeah. And Steam just, like, soft-closed his Steam account. <laughs> so he's still got a Steam account that works and everything. It was just, like, temporarily stopped from doing anything like this. But PayPal full-on, like, cut his account. <laughs> oh, okay. This is this is something that really, really pisses me off. Like, I'm going to go on a, a mild rant. It, we're, we're over 30 minutes, so... Uh, I, yeah, I will we'll try, make the last thing. Go on. I will try to keep this as the last topic, but that is something that really pisses me off when, like, banking services or payment services decide to, like, close people's accounts for stuff that isn't illegal. Like... <laughs> That's not, there's nothing illegal about what he was doing. PayPal just decided that arbitrarily we don't like this, so it's gone. It's something that you see with um, you know like people getting like canceled and like deplatformed and stuff. You have this happening with like people who you know maybe have some spicy opinions, but they haven't done anything unlawful, and banks are closing their accounts. It's like yeah. that 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 to me is disgusting behavior on the the part of these like payment services and banks it's like you <laughs> this this is going back to my my rant about um companies like trying to moralize and tell people things and it's like no like if you sell socks shut the fuck up and sell me socks like if if you're a banking service and all you're supposed to do is store my money and get it to me when i need it and give me checks that's all you should be doing I don't yeah. need you to like start to look into my personal Baffling. life. Yeah, it's like just so when I hear that PayPal, like PayPal, did that thing, he he didn't do anything illegal, you know. He he did something that was questionable in terms of Steam's policies. Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess he only like got notified of it because like if you keep purchasing something and then it keeps being refunded, that does look a little bit dodgy in your bank account. But then that's kind of where their attention should have stopped. Yeah, I guess. They should have called him and seen, hey, are these fraudulent? And he would have said no, and they would have said okay. That's yeah. what should have happened. But PayPal decided to just... They I, just... Also, I'm pretty sure it was PayPal. It was an online banking service. I think it was PayPal. Yeah, sorry PayPal. You know, if, <laughs> sorry not, to PayPal sorry. if it actually wasn't PayPal. Um, and if it was yeah. some other purchasing thing like, I don't know, Venmo or something like that. But it probably was. <laughs> PayPal's the, like, the most ubiquitous one out there. So yeah, that's, I think... that's why I kind of... Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, just... uh, but it was definitely Steam. So fuck you, Steam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're, I think I like what you said earlier. That, that does seem to be the case with Steam. That they, are, they were a, a great service for purchasing and tracking and playing games on the mm. PC. And they have been doing everything in their power to progressively make their service worse. I don't, I don't know. Like I guess they just because they had a monopoly on the market. I think that's why I think uh, Epic. Yeah, they do up, have a monopoly. Yeah, well, Epic showing up and being, and being an alternative gaming, uh, game purchasing platform, I, I think is is going to be a positive thing for Steam because they they'll need to get off their lazy asses and actually make some positive yeah. changes. 
And as terrible as I think a lot of the games on Epic Game Store are, you cannot deny the validity of a free game every week. Like, that's just crazy. Like, yeah. And these are not not all low-end games. There are, Last week it was, what, Alien Isolation? Yeah. I mean, that, that game's oh, a few years moly. old now, but it was... It's a AAA title, and it a is. really good one at that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, sorry, we've already gone over the time. We we have gone over. So, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Uh, You will hear us momentarily for segment two, our media segment. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are now on segment two, our media segment. Uh, and because it was Christmas this week and I spent a good chunk of it away from home, uh, we didn't watch a movie for movie night. <laughs> luckily. We did not, alas. Luckily, I did, I did watch uh, a few shows, uh, though, with my parents when I was home for Christmas. And uh, you've been playing quite a few games that you got in a charity bundle uh, that you got. Yeah, I've been trying out a whole bunch of different genres. Well, before we we jump into the the games, I do quickly want to. Oh, ow! Just burnt myself. Sorry. <laughs> what, what did you just do? I don't know. I just kind of put my hand on my coffee cup, and I forgot it was boiling hot. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go on. Now, so the show that I I was I finally finished because I had started this months and months ago. I think last year even. Uh, was a show called Jack Ryan. Oh. The Amazon. Oh, wait. Yeah. The, the is, Amaz- is there, like, books about that? There are or books, what? yeah. It's it's a Tom Clancy series. Yeah, I think my granddad used to read them. Yeah. it it's, they, they seem like they're pretty good. I've never read the books, but um, the Amazon did a series, started in 2018. Um, a friend of mine turned me on to the series, said it was great watched it the first season i just couldn't stop watching second season uh had like a slow episode and I, something else came up i think i was traveling for work at the time and i just didn't uh pick the show back up again when i got back uh, right. but, so anyway my, i cut my parents into it uh over thanksgiving they have been plowing through the series and they stopped uh at the same episode i stopped at in season two so when I went home, they we decided to watch it, and we watched the entire rest of the series. We watched like six episodes yesterday over Christmas. Um, oh, but the series follows the titular character Jack Ryan, who is a uh, an analyst for the CIA, and he's I think he's supposed to, he's like a, either a former Marine or a former like uh, some some former Army soldier. Uh, of some description. I can't actually remember what he was supposed to be in the show. I, par- mm. I want to say he was a Marine, but I'm not positive. Anyway, he, he retires uh, from that job to take this job as an analyst for the CIA. He uncovers in the first season this uh, kind of larger plot and terrorist network. Uh, season two focuses around uh, regimes in South America. Uh, but the show's just very, very well done. They go to, like, some cool locations. Like, they, they do a very good job of, like, writing good characters and having them be, be interesting. So, 
it's free on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, it's just an excellent watch. It doesn't it doesn't make some of the common mistakes with uh, TV shows, and that's they they don't they have kind of an overarching plot, but they don't let that overarching plot dominate the whole season. They they write the characters both um, good and bad interestingly, and they. Uh, I don't know, they, they keep the action going, but it's not completely overwhelming. Like, there's a bit of intrigue and, uh, like, interpersonal drama, as well as some big explosions and ac- action scenes and shootouts and stuff. It's just all altogether just a very, very well done series. Hmm. Um, um, yeah, I, I don't really have to go with that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know when when we actually say something good about a, a game, movie, or TV show, we're just like, oh well, where do we go from here? Yeah. I feel like I've got to be because normally I do that. Well, but also they have these good aspects, but now I feel like I got to come up with a negative thing. Uh, we are much I, better at complaining about things. <laughs> I'm English, of course I can. <laughs> um, I have heard it is kind of not very. Um, intellectually it's a, it's a lot of shooty shooty bang bang and not, not much intrigue there there yeah that's definitely it's definitely at its core an action series but there yeah. is a level of intrigue and if you're paying attention you can see certain plot points coming um i remember i was watching it with my my dad last night uh, after my mother had gone to bed and uh, there was, like, it got to the end, it was the end of, like, the last episode in the second season, and there was a hint that had been dropped earlier in the series, and then he, he sees, like, you know, this this scene open up, and he sees, like, uh, the Jack Ryan talking to this guy, and he, he just shouts out, like, oh, this! I don't want to say it, because it would spoil the season, but... It, there were several moments like that where they drop hints and you can kind of see some plot points coming um, so yes at its core it's not meant to be an intellectual and intrigue kind of series but there is there are elements of that okay. um, it's primarily action but there are elements of that with enough to keep you engaged mentally as well as just look at all the pretty explosions yeah and what did you watch on? It's on Amazon. It's an it's an Amazon original, I believe. Ah, another plus one to Amazon. I see. <laughs> Amazon's winning this round. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they'll have their turn on the hobbling wheel in a few weeks. Yes. Well, they started on the hobbling wheel, so I feel like it's only fair. <laughs> um, the. Sorry, stretching. Really unprofessional. Uh. So that's what you've been doing over Christmas. I have been, as it was announced initially, I've been playing through a whole bunch of weird and wacky games uh, from the uh, the charity bundle set, um, and some really kind of different. How can I describe? So like, I'm playing Rise of Industry, which actually you you said you quite like the sound of it. It's a lot like Factorio. Um, if you, instead of having like a barren alien wasteland you start with, it's a, um, you know, it's it's North Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's a few nice little rivers, there's several like towns 
already set out around the map, and you bid for uh, what your the right to build around those towns. And then there's a couple of other companies as well who get the other towns, and you um, through through factories that kind of gather raw resources like uh, wood cutting and um, places that pull water up. You then combine those ingredients to make products which you sell to the local villages or export to the far-reaching villages if they need it. Uh, yeah, and you grow your, your business empire until you have enough to like start bidding on um, particular business contracts or uh, buying out the rights to another village uh, or even buying the stock of your rival companies so that eventually you can like consume their company yeah and this uh, this all does sound like something that I'd very much enjoy um, once I got into it I'm a huge fan of those like needlessly complex uh, kind of the, the ones that grow in complexity that was the thing that always I loved about Factorio was you started off with a pickaxe and a gun and that was it and you grew it into this massive sprawling industrial wasteland I, I'm sure there is a uh, mod where you can like arm the villages of, of Yorkshire with like las cannons and march into the other people's territory but that's not in the base game <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Factorio isn't supposed to be a game where you're doing that. It just ends up that way sometimes when we play. Yeah, it's, it's a time pressure. I mean, the aliens are the equivalent of fellow business rivals. Mm. Um, and then yeah, so... Uh, sorry? No, I was just going to say, in that regard, um, this game <laughs> adds an extra layer of complexity on top of fact. Because in Factorio, you couldn't buy out the aliens' stock. You kind of exactly. had to blow them up. I'm just picturing now like a zergling with like the little nerdy glasses and a checkboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god. Yeah, so uh, I've played I played it so much. I played it for like um I played it what it once, right? I played it for one day. But in that one day I played it for seventeen hours. <laughs> so I played through until completion. Uh, that was on normal difficulty. Hmm. There are high levels of difficulty, um, so I'll probably return to it at some point. But uh, yeah, so that was one of the games. Uh, a completely uh, different angle. Uh, I was playing uh, a game called Away, Journey to the Unexpected, which yeah. you have played the demo previously, so I'll let you start. Well, I so I, I should clarify, I haven't played the demo. Oh, you've got so, the demo. So what I do for the um, so play <laughs> per squad, Scott was saying that we should do this more often. Plug the YouTube channel so that this podcast goes up on um, the YouTube channel that I've I've had for quite a few years. And previously, I had just uploaded things to it like um, what is it like back when we played uh, Player Unknown Battlegrounds? We I would upload stuff to that all the time. Uh, this was like 2017. But then I, I kind of stopped using the channel for a while, and it seemed like a good place to start hosting the podcast. So on on Tuesdays now, I release this little mini series I've been doing where I try out game demos. 
and basically it's it's just like a first impression thing. I'll play the game demo for like a half hour to an hour, edit down the video, and then just kind of give some final thoughts at the end of it. I, I downloaded the demo for this game because I wanted to, it, I, it was an option. I ended up going with something else for that week that I had downloaded this. Right. Uh, so I'd never actually ended up playing it. Well, um, I would say, I mean, Maybe you're going to end up doing one after this. Uh, it feels like a really well-made um, college project. Okay, so uh, the the visuals are very nice. I will say, like uh, the the way that because all, all the characters in the game are like two D cutouts that are always facing. Uh, including like enemies that are charging towards you, bosses, hmm. all that kind of stuff. But the environments are three D, right? Exactly. The the element the the maps are um, a very nice art style, um, and uh, the, it, it's 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 kind of a very basic like um, you know a Zelda dungeon crawling. You have three hearts, so you come up with six lives, and you go in and you whack people with sticks when they get too close to you. Um, you collect three parts, which allows you to progress to the next area where you fight a big boss, and then you go into a different area. So, yeah, the uh, the the idea that the the gameplay is quite generic, but the visuals are very nice. Um, it has a thing where you collect uh, people along your journey. So the first one is like an old man that you find and you, I guess, help him a little bit or he just joins you anyway. Um, and he's like, if you hit two on the keypad, then you switch to his, uh, switch to playing as him. But he counts as like a power up, so he doesn't have any health bar or anything. But he can like summon fireballs. So rather than just whacking stuff with a stick, you can fire fireballs until he runs out of fireballs. Then you can't use them again. Um, also, he's got like he's an old man with like these cracked glasses. So when you switch to his perspective, he's like a big crack on the screen the whole time. <laughs> kind of interesting. So it's got some artsy uh, bits to it. Yeah, it's it's very artsy. That's why I was like, is this a kind of a school project? Um, and. The, I, I think I remember the, the music in it was really good as well, I think. Um, yeah, very pretty game. Hack and slash. Uh, you don't need much thinking power. Although, one of the um, people you can get to follow you is like this robot, and he's like, prove you're a robot. <laughs> Do this incredibly difficult maths. Um, uh, and it gave me like three options, and I wasn't properly reading the question. Um, so it was like some crazy number, um, and it was like a seven-digit number, mm. and I, I just happened to RNG guess the right one, and I got this like insanely powerful mega robot as a follower. Oh my god! Uh, so I got to the end because there's only three acts in the game. Mm -hmm. so I got to the third act, and it was like, aha! You've made it to the final boss's room, but you can only go in when you've had at least. 10 followers, so we're going to send you back in time to the beginning of the game and we're going to keep doing that until you get 10 followers. 
Uh, and that's the point where I can't drop it. Cause I... You didn't want to play through the whole game again? Yeah, basically. Like, I enjoyed it, and I like the art style, but whacking stuff with a stick repeatedly does get a bit old. Yeah. Um, it's very anime. Um, as well. I mean, but yeah. just looking at some of the screenshots, it seems very... Not just anime, but animated in general. Like, as in, there's a lot of color and vibrancy to everything around you. Yes, it's definitely something that, like a kid would freaking love this game. It's got replayability. It's got a lot of fun characters, and you know, it's it's not it's not at all gory or anything like that. Mm. That three-year-old player, it would be very good <laughs> because it's quite difficult. But well, you never know. I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking like back. <laughs> Going back and trying to play like some of the old games I used to play on the the NES um, mm. or the N sixty four even just just like holy shit how did I beat this as a kid? Yeah, I mean like the Crash Bandicoot games. Don't think about playing again this week maybe. Mm. Um, yeah, the original Crash Bandicoot game was super difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm thinking like, what games that uh, Mario sixty four. That's one like ridiculously diff and you thinking back the N64 controller that thing was just this weird mutant abomination in terms of shape but I, I don't know it had such a unique look to it I just really I don't know yeah it's again it may be nostalgia which um, I think is a bingo point but I I just really I, I, I did like it that's a bingo um, point there was so back in um that well well now that I'm doing it let's the other game is like the original Mario games for the NES like they're now available on the Switch you can play them for free and I was yeah. uh, I was playing through them again and I was having trouble beating like the first few levels like I beat them but there were I kept like m missing platforms or I, I'd fuck up and jump jump in between two enemies and get killed like yeah. It, there was a lot of precision jumping in that game, and it was something that I think is it was very much a, a product of practice because I, I did play those games quite. A, that was my only game back in the day, so yeah. In the I, same way that like the Sonic 3D Burst is like super freaking difficult to jump. Yeah, but, <laughs> but back in the day we had the time. Yeah, the, you you played it enough that it just started to feel natural. Yeah. Um, Actually, speaking of the. Um, the Switch, uh, there was there's a game that I, I bought this game for my, myself, because uh, while I was doing Christmas shopping, I was like oh, look, because it knew I was looking at video game stuff it so, uh, like it popped up with uh, Civilization 6 for the Switch Oof. and it was on sale for like 5 bucks, so I was like, fuck it, I'll grab oh, it 5 bucks, hell yeah, um, yeah I think I definitely didn't like Civ 6 I... Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it honestly, it's the perfect game for the Switch. I'm finding, yeah, because it's it's turn based and it's something I can just pick up and put down. Like when the Switch is in mobile mode, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on on the screen. So you do kind of have to zoom in, and if you don't have the best eyesight, then it probably wouldn't be ideal. But you know, that's not me. Yeah. I mean, I had Civ Four for the PS3, and that I did really enjoy that. That was a really good thing. It works well for the mobile format of the the Switch because I, I brought my Switch home with me over Christmas, and just um, 
like this morning I, I woke up at 4.30, so I was up before either of my parents, and I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to get out of bed just yet. So I grabbed the Switch, and I just, I played for a few turns on the, the game that I have running, and yeah. then just put it down and, you know, got up and started my day. I did the same a thing before A few turns bed. being about an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, just, uh, I don't know, it, I feel like it, it suits it well, but maybe that's just me. Well, speaking of Civ, should we uh, should we talk about mm. the game that we played? Yeah, the game we played for we honestly what was it Christmas Eve? We played for like six hours, and it was one game. Yep. Uh, yeah, they didn't normally go get long. It's because we had the biggest map size on. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot more units in play. Uh, yeah, the game uh, Polytopia, which was also part of that bundle that you yeah, got. The battle for Polytopia, yeah. A battle for Polytopia, sorry. Yeah, I always forget it as well. It's just in case people try to look it up, it begins with the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was why I had trouble finding it. Um, yeah, really good game, but I think I think you got maybe a little little frustrated with it. Uh... <laughs> my Well, my problem with the game is the ending, right? So, for... For instance, it seems like a game, I found out that it was a mobile game first from my cousins, that it started off as a mobile game and then, I guess, came to PC, and that really shows in the way the game functions. Because it, it seems like a game that you would, because it is turn-based, you would pick up and put down. Like, you would pick up and like, oh, it's my turn, and you'd make some moves, and then you put the game down. And then when your opponent sees it's their turn, oh, they pick it up, they make some moves, they put the game down. Um, and that that does show in the way the game is structured, in their, just the way that the turns go. There's a lot of little things to fiddle with on your turn, and then a lot of waiting time in between turns. I'm fine with yeah. that. The problem I had was in the end game. So if it came down to just Blue and I, Blue had the significantly bigger empire, bigger army, I had more well-trained units, but he had more of them, and it just wasn't going to be a win. So I did what I would have wanted to do in StarCraft, which is if it's a one-on-one -on -one game, or if you're in chess, and you see that the game is lost, and you want to concede, you cannot resign in the game. So if I quit, all that happens is then now Blue is fighting a bot, and I was... I was annoyed by this, well, I was like, if that's the case, I'd rather be there for the rest of the game and see it through to the end. The game doesn't let you rejoin after you've done that. So there's a resign button, but it doesn't actually let you resign. It just replaces you with a bot, so your opponent still has to keep playing. It That annoyed me profusely, and again, I think that's part of its mobile game heritage. Because on a mobile game... That, that's, that sort of thing probably would be a little bit more acceptable. I, I realize we haven't talked about the, the gameplay itself at all. Um, <laughs> it's similar to Civilization, where you're building up like cities and towns and getting little soldiers to go out and find resources and collecting them and building and your also, cities up. I will say that in Civilization, they do the same thing, where if you resign, then it gives your cities the ball. Like civilization does the same thing. Yeah, so maybe it's just it's just me um, with my old-fashioned sensibilities, my my StarCraft player's sense of honor and duty. Your old frickin' man. Back in my day, when I quit, I was done with the game. 
but yeah, one of the things that we were showcasing by playing that game was how broken the uh, DLC armies are. Uh, oh yeah. Oh boy, are they broken? <laughs> oh yeah. They they uh, they, um, they, they re yeah. So they're what? There are three of them, right? There's three of them, yeah. Um, and I will say, I did. In in true competitive nature, I I did kind of. The, as I was going across the the land, destroying the enemy AI, I was preparing all the time for my battle view because I knew you'd be the greatest threat. Yeah. So I was getting out a lot of. Um, what are they called? Cultist uh, boys. Yeah, the the ice robe people with the antlers. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, and also I knew you'd have dragons, so tanks would be very ideal to deal with the, the dragons. Yeah. Um, so, point being, the, the the game has, it does have a lot of, it's like a soft version of the Civilization games, where the, there there is, there's still a level of strategy to it, but it's it's much more along the vein of easy to learn hard to master whereas civilization is potentially hard to learn hard to master because there's there's a lot of nuance in that there's all these technologies and different resources and landscapes and polit political systems that you can put in play there's a lot to it this game is much more streamlined where you've just got a few things you can do a basic tech tree um, there are certain resources that are unique to everyone the DLC races do kind of throw things uh, really in out of whack, but overall... Because they like, have a completely different tech tree from every other race. Yeah, exactly. And they can do weird things. Like, the DLC race I was playing is able to turn... Like, most races, if there's a whale in the water, you can harvest it for resources if you have the proper technology. For me, it was... I turned them into unstoppable seaborne juggernauts battle whale <laughs> i can yeah. make battle whales which amused me to no end but yeah it's i mean it's a pretty fun game and despite my frustration at the it, at the ending i felt very screwed out of the uh the like seeing the proper end to the game but yeah. despite that the gameplay itself is a lot of fun but it will take you quite a while i re i recommend if you play it Play it in, uh, play it in bits. Like, yeah. To play it like you would play like a long-term chess game online, or like you would play uh, a game of like solitaire on like a not solitaire, uh, Scrabble on like a mobile app. Yeah, I mean, so that that game took sixty turns. Um, the like average for like uh, a one v one v one maybe is about fifteen. Yeah, I'd say. So it it can easily be under an hour a game. Um, if you do go, you know, biggest map with I think we had was four AIs plus us. So that's six six armies. Yeah. Um, that went up to what? Yeah, six hours. Like I said. Mm. Um. So yeah. Uh, should I move on to another game or? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got a little bit more time left. I mean, let's 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 talk about uh, one more thing, and then we can kind of uh, wrap up this segment. Okay, the last, probably the most um, different kind of game I've been playing is oh, there's a few. So, I mean, 
I've been playing a game called Shoppy Keep. That's like shop in an old-fashioned way of saying shop. Yeah, like with a um, in the end. Yeah, yeah. S H O P P E. Yeah. And it's basically uh, you play as a um, kind of like an adventurer who's done his time out adventuring, and now he's just retired. He's got a shop. And you sell things to people going back and forth. So you sell, what? like, armor, weapons, uh, depending on the kind of people that come in, whether they're mages, rogues, or uh, warriors. They, mm. they want different things. And you can kind of see what's popular at one time, so it might sell for more. You can change the price markups. Uh, so there's, there's actually quite a few games like that. I mean, in yeah. a similar vein, like... This this shop management thing, uh, Moonlighter is one I can think of. But go on. Yes, this is in first person. And Moonlighter is like a third person pixel game. Yeah. Uh, if someone tries to like steal from you, you can like zap them with electric uh, before they escape. And yeah, I mean, you slowly get better items you can sell. You can uh, have a little garden. You can get a bar attached to it. There's perk trees and everything. <laughs> did, did Let's Game It Out play this game? Because it sounds really familiar. I think I've seen him play a they similar like first-person like shopkeeper game before. They may well have. It's quite it's quite popular. Yeah. Um, and should point yeah, out it's... Let's Game It Out being a uh, a gaming YouTube channel, <laughs> an agent Very of chaos funny. as you've described him. Yes, that that is exactly what he is. Uh, it's 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 just a very chill game. So like after you've played your Counter Strike or something, and you're like angry at Russians, you just go on this, and you know sell potions of mana mm. for, a, for a bit. It's a nice unwindy yeah. game. Exactly. I wouldn't recommend playing. Like don't get me wrong, you do kind of end up getting dragged into it and playing for hours on end, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be just a very chill. Popping on, gonna do one day of it, so that takes about like twenty minutes. Um, yeah, and that's kind of why I liked um, what was it? Uh, Talos Principle, the Talos Principle. It was it was like a puzzle solving game, and yeah. that was my like calm, relaxing game because I'd play that on like Sunday mornings, and I'd just mm. get up, play it for a few hours, and just solve some. It, solve some puzzles there was like kind of just a calm relaxed chill atmosphere to the whole thing yeah there's no like inherent uh rush to the game like if they, if if they steal like half the items in your shop then it's not really the end of the world um yeah <laughs> oh my god well oh, there was so, there was one light that something reminded me of um Oh, that was something I was just thinking about. A game? No, no, it wasn't a game because we were. So we have a we have a little bit more time in this segment, um, and for that <laughs> reason, I wanted to bring up one. Have you seen the Godfather movies? Yes. Okay. So the other thing that uh, I saw over Christmas uh, was uh, the, the Godfather Two. Uh, my dad had it on. Um, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Did it go? Yeah. So he he had it on. Uh, I'd seen probably the first 
maybe two thirds to a half of the movie. Right. Um, but I hadn't seen the ending, so we, we watched the, it the whole way through, and it just it struck me again. Like just there, there's so much subtlety in that movie. Little little things that you know you kind of pick up or that are implied. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I the reason I bring it up, and I'm struggling to think of a modern movie movie because in tv shows like a lot of modern tv shows are are honestly getting better than movies now um Mm. but i'm trying to think of a modern movie that actually has that same kind of level of subtlety in terms of their storytelling like what what i'm thinking is like there, there are scenes in the movie where um you know michael the main the main guy uh in, in The Godfather 2, the the son that's kind of taken over the Corleone family. Wait, he, I thought Godfather 2 was the one where it was, um, it was the young Don Corleone. Th- that's in it too. So it, it flashes backwards and forwards. Uh, okay. Yeah. So in, in the modern times, it's, um, you know, Michael Corleone with the, the family, and then it flashes back to uh, the, the father, the, the godfather, the previous guy, when he was younger and when he first came to the U.S. and how he first kind of made his big break and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm not articulating this very well, but I feel like the movie does have quite a bit of depth in, te- in terms of how they're conveying the story. And yeah. they, they leave a lot up to the viewer's imagination like at the end of the movie um spoilers for those who haven't seen it big spoilers <laughs> it's a um, bit of an old film kaiser <laughs> well still I, I like to say because it's, it's a film that i still would recommend um, yeah absolutely. i recommend the first one kind of the second one not really yeah the, the first one. one is the first one is an absolute must see i will say but it is. It's the brilliant. the second one is also very good i haven't seen the third one but i, I i've heard that it uh, isn't quite as good as the other two yeah it's yeah so just my point is at the end of the first the second movie um michael corleone has like he's alienated quite a few people he's seeing you know enemies everywhere he's killed uh family like in the first movie it was sort of their family versus their their rivals and the people who wanted to take them down in the second movie it's more like internal conflict and at the end of the movie like he's he's had to do some well not even had to he's done some done and ordered some pretty horrible things he's essentially really ripped apart his his family um just to make sure that you know the enemies have been expunged and the the movie ends on him just sitting there and like contemplating like he's just looking off and it just it there, there's there's a lot of ambiguity to that and it's kind of left up to the the viewer's imagination what what he's thinking like does he feel like oh shit is he satisfied did he go or is he like you know s- somebody who's sitting amongst the ashes you know after they've, yeah. they've burnt something down he's thinking should i make a third film <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what he's thinking. And as we 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 maybe know, he uh, he made the wrong decision. Exactly. <laughs> um. Anyway, just on that complete. Was Jar Jar Binks a good character? <laughs> I 
I'm okay. No, I need to. I need to have a little bit of a, a rant about that because are you familiar with the uh, the Darth Jar Jar theory? Okay. Guys, we have the. Right, I threw it in there because it was a stupid thing that he could be thinking of. Second of all, we have had this rant multiple times on the podcast. Have we actually talked about it on the podcast? Yes, we absolutely have. We both love Jar Jar Binks. You love the idea he's a Sith Lord working behind the scenes to, like, manipulate the Force. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I just, I think that's just such a good fan theory. Okay. I, yes. I'm sorry, it must have been on an earlier, like, a really early podcast, because I do not remember talking about it at all. It was about five podcasts ago. <laughs> it can't have been that recently. Yeah, uh, it was pretty recent. Here all right. Go <laughs> well, our viewers could answer to tell us. <laughs> Am I uh, losing my memory, or is Blue losing his? Um, either way, I think that's that's where we can end segment two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. This is the end of the uh, second segment of the TMCJ podcast. We'll be back soon with segment three, which this time we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, New Year's resolutions uh, in general, since this podcast is being recorded. Uh, just before New Year's, oh, and will be released yep. just after. So, look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are now on segment three, our wild card segment. Uh, and considering, as I said at the end of the previous segment, that we're recording this just before. Uh, New Year's, and will this will be released just after New Year's? I thought. Well, we 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 talked about this. We thought that um, talking about New Year's resolutions would be a a good thing to have in this segment. Now, opening up to begin with, I thought we'd chat a little bit about the kind of the concept in general. I I honestly don't know where the idea comes from i probably should have looked that up that seems like a random piece of trivia that i would normally have to hand but i don't yeah um i don't know do you know where they actually even came from the idea of it i don't know probably well i mean i, I can extrapolate kind of mm-hmm. Go for I, it. I assume being as it's kind of the the new year it's a new start for everybody and uh people People always look back on the last year, and generally, it's it's not often that people look back on a year and think, "Man, that was a really good year." Obviously, this year has been particularly bad, but um, so I think everyone tries to make themselves and, by extension, the rest of the world a little bit better for the next year. I, I, so while you were saying that, I did just quickly look it up on my phone, and I, sh- I mean. Based on what you just said, it and does. You're completely fucking wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. You, I think you're you hit the nail perfectly on the head. It's oh, something nice. that is just so obvious and ubiquitous. It's been around for quite some time. Uh, mm. It's actually credited to the Babylonians four thousand years ago. Damn. So what good babies. There's, there's at least it's credited in, in that there's evidence that they they were making New Year's resolutions um, in the Babylonian Empire. So that's that's interesting that it's that old, but yeah, mm, I I think there is a certain art to making a New Year's resolution. Yeah, it's absolutely a good thing to aim high, but I think it's also equally important to do something that is in fact manageable because mm. there is nothing worse than setting a goal for yourself and then not being able to 
to, to achieve it. Right, because don't like most people, I, I remember hearing somewhere that most people have dropped them by like mid-February. Exactly, like uh, if, if you're going to do like a, a, a getting fit kind of thing, then say, you know, I'll do, you know, five press-ups every day. Don't do something crazy. You can do more than that, mm. but the resolution should be five a day for, yeah. you know, three months, whatever it is. Yeah. Or, like, the, the resolution shouldn't be like, oh, I want to get six-pack abs. It should be, well, I'm going to work out at least three times a week. <laughs> yeah. Let's try and get, like, two-pack, and then... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't two-pack a rapper? I oh, think that, it was, that's yeah. That's Tupac. Tupac, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. No, but, um, but, yeah, like, set a resolution. Like, you might have in your head you want to get really fit or something like that. So don't say, I'm going to get really fit and just leave it vague. Say, like, I'm... Not even three times. Say, like, I'm going to work out and do a good workout at least twice a week. Something yeah, super manageable, and, and you can do more than that if you want. It's not some binding legal document. So it, it, it's it's something for yourself and yourself only, really. Mm. Um, don't get anxious because of it. Like Part of one of the great things about it is that it is something that's achievable, and so you do get that happiness when you do finally complete it and kind of self-worth really yeah um because like i said it, it you're not doing it for someone else you're not doing it to, to look good in someone else's eyes necessarily it's just about making yourself a little bit happier for the new year which given how january and february are always miserable <laughs> uh i'm sorry for birthdays in january or february uh it's kind of a nice uh, pick-me-up I, I, I don't really have As would be your problem birthday. with January. <laughs> uh, it's just freezing, and I, I hate the cold. <laughs> gotcha. And it's, it rains a lot. There's, like, no light. Oh, right. I, I'm a big summer person. Yeah, it rains a lot there. Here, we get some uh, blizzards. Oh, yes, exactly. Um... Yeah, okay, I can see. They, they said the same thing. Uh, the college I went to divided our... We didn't do semesters, we did terms, so there were four terms in a year instead of two semesters. Yeah. And um, the there was one term that went from January to early March, I think it was. And, yeah, th that was always, like, it. people, everyone around campus was always like, oh, yeah, this is the depressing one. This is where people start to fail classes and stuff because everyone's miserable. I didn't really mind it that much because I, I, I am a cold-weather person. Like, yeah, that's my my time of year. It, in my experience, the time when everyone drops out is like right at the beginning of the year. Like in the first month of starting a new course, that's when like forty percent of people are just like, "Uh, okay, I clearly cannot." Because they lay it on thick at the beginning of the year. I feel like yeah. to kind of I don't say weed out, but. So that people know if it's not for them, you want to drop out now. You don't want to drop out, you know, three quarters of the way through the year where you know a whole bunch of stuff and you've spent all this money on the course, but you're not going to get anything from it because you don't enjoy it. Yeah, and that was something. <laughs> it was something that it wouldn't be the first month at the school I went to. It would be like the first week or two because the, mm. the courses were only seven weeks long. Um, oh, okay. The terms were, it was like I said. I've said previously, it was an engineering uh, college, and the way that they, 
their their teaching style was to teach you how to learn very quickly. So if you couldn't you you instead of having six courses over like four months or five months, you had three courses over seven weeks. And it was meant to just like help you focus in really hard on the material for like one course and really get you to take all of that information in and learn it as quickly as possible. Yeah. I really liked that style. I found it a lot of fun. Anyway, we're not talking about New Year's resolutions anymore. How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> there's a lesson for you. That That's something that can help you with your New Year's resolution. That's a lesson on staying focused. Right, man, maybe that's what the, the, the cumulative podcast um, one should be. <laughs> to stay on topic more. What is happening with my audio? I, I don't know. I get I get feedback. People kind of like it when we ramble a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, then, forget what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but so, in t- but you're right though. Like a lot of you got to set manageable. That's that's just good life advice in general though. Is is good goals management. Mm. It the, the whole reason this podcast is still going is like when we started it, we didn't go like. Okay, we're gonna. Our goal is to have like you know a thousand subscribers in like you know eight months, and no, no. we didn't want to have like it wasn't gonna be like regimented. I was like, let's take it slow. We did a few test cases, then we did a full one, then we sort we let it evolve and grow naturally. Yeah, and I think that uh, that's made it more of a positive experience and one that's still going rather than a stressful one. Yeah, it's it's. It's been super chill. Um, I say super chill. We have put work and time into it, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't it's... feel like work. When, well, okay, we put time into it. Um, when we get to, uh, like, when when a, a, an episode goes out, uh, and we're always kind of like, it's always nice to see how many whether whether people have tuned in to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so even in the early days when we were getting like two views if we were lucky on YouTube. Uh I mean to be fair. On YouTube we still we still don't get too many views. Yeah, but there's <laughs> still other platforms. And stuff. Um But it's 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 just like, eh, well we we enjoy it so much that it doesn't matter anyway. If it ever became a thing where we didn't enjoy making them, it probably wouldn't be a thing. Well, and that's that. I think to bring it back to New Year's resolutions, I think that's another good point to be made there. Like the New Year's resolution should be something that you're doing to improve yourself, right? So, like, yeah. if if it gets to the point where you're stressing out because you're like, I'm not going to keep this resolution. Oh, it's so hard to keep this. Re-, then don't do it. Yeah. Like, it, it's you need to like pick something. So, like the fitness one earlier, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you just want to like be healthy and stay in shape, like that's why you just say I'm going to work out. And you do work, you find workouts and things that are like good for you. Or uh, to take it away from workouts, the news resolution I had for this year, and I, I tried to set a manageable, manageable one. So previously, um, to I, I I learned uh, Spanish at a young age because my hometown was half Hispanic. And so they taught us Spanish all the way up from, like, first grade. And so, like, my Spanish is still pretty good. I need a little bit of practice whenever I'm trying to strike up a conversation. But I find that I can talk to people in Spanish 
manageably well. I sound horrible because my grammar and vocabulary is that of a two-year-old, but I can still do it. So my, my, and I also have um, some experience with German because I learned that in college, uh, but that is, that isn't nearly as good. So my resolution at the beginning of this year was I wanted to practice one of those two languages throughout the year, and by the end of the year, be able to read uh, like a full story in Spanish without the need to look up and translate things or something like that. And right. so I, I, that's what I, so and I that's just, quite a hard goal. I will say, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I, I would categorize that as like on the harder end right. of uh, resolutions. The reason I said, I, I thought of this as a more manageable one is because my, I, I've learned Spanish previously. It's part it, like, it's still in my mind. I can say, you know, basic phrases and, and stuff like that. So I really just needed to expand my vocabulary, get some practice reading, and... Recap. Yeah, exactly. And But I really... The biggest weakness was expanding my vocabulary because that was what was the poorest. So I got, yeah. like, language apps. I had I have Rosetta Stone, and I have um, uh, Duolingo, which is the free one. I practiced it off and on throughout the year, and by, I think it was mid-October, I was able to read, like, a full short story in Spanish, and I was able, it was a short story meant for, like, you know, uh, I think, like, older children or, like, younger teens, so. Right, I think, not, I think I remember you showed it to me, I think. Yeah, not, not, like, super advanced Spanish, but I was, mm. I set a manageable goal, one that I knew I would be able to, to meet even if I had setbacks throughout the year because work did ramp up and there were times where I didn't have time to practice. But by by not even by the end of the year, but by October, I was able to do it. So that that's the thing is like setting, like knowing your own abilities, doing something that you enjoy because I really enjoy learning languages. So th those are like the, the, the two key tenets that we've, we've come across so far. Set manageable goals that will still kind of get you to where you want to be, and have it be a positive thing. Have it be something that you enjoy. And yeah, you do get I mean, that... that kind of makes me think of. Um, I obviously used to play guitar a lot, and uh, hmm. I kind of had to give it up with all the work I was doing. I could pick that up, um, but I don't know. It's I don't have too much room <laughs> where I'm living at the moment. Uh, so I, I don't know. I thought I should. I, I I'm I'm slightly struggling to, to work out what I would, I would have for this year. Um, yeah, I'm. I also thinking about the German again now. Hmm. Yeah, because right, because you've been you've been trying to pick up German. Yeah, I did. Um, quite intense for like a month, and then again it kind of started slipping. Um. But I, I have no excuse for that, so maybe maybe that is something I should um, jump back into because I did enjoy it. Mm. I just kind of forgot somewhat about it. Yeah, and you know, th there's something that I there was a piece of advice that I got like quite a while back um, when I used to do. Uh, so I used to do uh, CrossFit. Um, this was years ago, uh, probably 2012 ish. Um, I, I would not recommend, I would not recommend CrossFit, um, especially if you're out of shape. Um, it, like I was in pretty good shape at the time and doing that, like it was base, it was like a boot camp sort of thing. I was, I was in the best shape of my life after I finished it. It was extremely expensive, which is why I stopped. But 
they did there was one good and it also it feels a little cultish i don't know i don't the, you're not meant to do piece of workout advice the human body is not meant to do olympic style lifts in rapid succession like they're meant to be like one-off things that you do to showcase how like the kind of shape you're in doing them in rapid succession can cause some serious damage little little caveat there but anyway the one good piece of advice they gave was you know if you're feeling under the weather if you're not feeling good you you're super busy you don't have time but it's a day that you would normally do a workout do something it doesn't have to be your normal workout so say normally you run a mile and lift weights for a little bit and then do some sit-ups that's just say that's your normal workout you don't have time because you've got work you've got family problems you're sick you've got stuff to do around the house just do something do like five push-ups right and then call it a day just to keep what that does from a psychological perspective is you're not trapping yourself into this idea that i don't have time if i can't do it i should just do the whole thing or nothing at all what it does is it like you're still keeping to it you don't have time so you've reduced your workout but in your mind you're still keeping to that routine and i i find that if i stop working out altogether because i don't have time and because i don't have time to do a full workout i'm more likely to just throw the schedule out the window for a whole week Whereas if I do a little bit of something, then if I have time later in the week, I'll continue and I'll do a more expansive workout. And I, I feel like you're, it's repetition. It's repetition and routine. Like that's another way to keep these, we keep going back to workouts, I'm realizing. Yeah, it's because workouts tend to be what people do for, um, for New Year's resolutions. For New Year's resolutions. Um, I, used, I, I don't know if you remember, I used to do, um, do running a lot mm. uh, in the mornings. That's another thing I could go back to. There's so many things. I remember we, just we were using the same app to track it for a while. Yeah, Strava. Um, and I, so I'm the kind of person, I'm, I'm, I'm a massive hypocrite, right? <laughs> Every time I go out and I, I, I do a run, I'll be like, right, I've got, I went this far today. Tomorrow I've got to do that point one, like mm-hmm. that and a little bit more. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I would kind of start like, it was quite a brutal regime. Uh, it definitely made me, over the course of like a week, I doubled the distance I could I could run. Hmm. Um, and after like three weeks, I was in really good shape. And then I kind of hit a wall where I was like, a, a, a definite, a point where I was trying to go even further. But like, but you hit my body wasn't quite ready for it yet. Speaking of of like you know running and, and workouts in general, there there is a point of diminishing returns. Like you can there do, is. like at the beginning when you're only running like a mile or two, increasing it by point one every time you go for a run. That's that's manageable. When you start yeah. getting into like the really long distances, like the six, seven, eight, nine mile range, unless you're going yeah. for like a marathon time, if you're trying to stay fit, then that's you're actually going to be, um, it, it's kind of going to be to your detriment, especially if you're trying to build up any sort of muscle mass, because your body's <laughs> going to be burning so many calories that the running is actually detrimental. Yeah. I quite like to have like, you on the app, because you, you're, you're definitely better than me, but you weren't like out of my league. So 
The reason I got the app and started doing it in the first place was because um, I was talking to my dad about it. Dad, my dad has been doing like park runs and things for a, a few years now, I think. Mm. And I'd kind of look at, I'd complete mine. I was like, holy moly, I did really well this time. I went like, I ran for, you know, I don't know, three miles without stopping, mm-hmm. whatever. And then I look at the app and it would be like, oh, dad has run for 15 miles today. I'm like, oh my God, what? <laughs> it's just like so far. He's like, it's my dad. He's he's like going great. Sorry, dad. I love you lots. Um, <laughs> he's like freaking Usain Bolt and I'm like a fat kid in school. <laughs> well, that's not... I, I, um, so I have um, a cousin and an uncle. They They do like those crazy like desert marathons where they, they're like they run right. through arizona when it's like 108 degrees out oh, and they're, they're running Christ. for like 20 something miles oh god and they they can yeah. they can do it and they they do and i'm just like holy i i am not I mean, a marathon that possible runner. yeah um and i'm like well they must you know like take breaks and like stop to breathe every so often i just i just keep running no matter what that's kind of my if i stop as far as I'm concerned, that's me out. Oh, yeah, I, I'm um, the exact same way. But uh, I don't think they even do, because I've spoken to them, and they're like, yeah, no, I don't do that. Um, but it's just they, they've been doing it for years, I think. And so I guess eventually you do get to that point. Um, yeah. so maybe, maybe, right, maybe my New Year's resolution, because I'm, I'm more inclined to get back into that, because I remember when I was doing it, there were people around me, and they were like, after you've done these runs, you have been just more positive. You've been a happier person for doing these runs. <laughs> mm. um, so I, I think it's it, it's good for me. I I should get back to it, but I should stop. I shouldn't make it quite such. So well, such a brutal regime. I think. Uh, yeah. Like, so me, I, I I took basically the entire month of November. I didn't run. Um, mm. And I started getting back into it in December. I bought like cold weather running gear, and I've I've been doing fairly well about running at least like once a week. I, yeah. Again, it's it's one of those manageable things. I'm trying to just ease myself back into my old regime. I'm like, I'll just I'll go for like you know at least two miles, and I will try to keep up like a, a decent pace, and just just to get my body used to it again. Because taking a month off, it takes a while to to get you back into it. Yeah. Um, and I was able to, to do that pretty well. If it wasn't for the ice, I'd be hitting like, you know, nine minute miles on um, on them. But the the hard thing for me, I've, I'm finding is my, my legs didn't lose too much in, in terms of anything. But it was it was my my breathing. Like, I don't know if I've mentioned before, but I, I had like I had asthma as a as a child. And so right. I, I've always had fairly weak lungs. So unless I keep up the the workouts, then I I, I tend to to get worse in that regard. Yeah, that's something that I found. The first few times I went running, I would like gasping for air after a very short amount of time. Yeah. After the first week, um, again, my my breathing improved greatly. Um, Part of and it. And then when I stopped doing it for a month and tried it again, it went back to, you know, very rough. Part of this is that the human body is incredibly lazy. Um, so if you <laughs> if you run for quite a bit of time and you have that like shorter 
that shortness of breath, then the body will be triggered to start producing more red blood cells. So the same air is giving you more oxygen to more places. Mm. Um, and you don't need as much. You don't, you know, like you don't need a big gasping breath because your body has enough red blood cells that it absorbs enough oxygen just from like a normal breath. Uh, it's why one of the, the reasons, one of the good measures they use when you're running is if you can hold a conversation while you're running, that's that's a good sign. Like if you're, say you're keeping up a decent jogging pace and you're able to talk on the phone or chat with somebody that you're running with, that's a, a pretty good sign that you're actually uh, in decent shape because you have enough air to do both. Yeah. You're not gasping. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, I do, I do want to bring this back to the topic we originally opened <laughs> up with. I think we are on topic. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> this, has become, this has become the fitness segment. Well, uh, it's become the the self improvement segment, which I think it is. The, it's the, on brand. It's the purpose of a New Year's resolution is self improvement. I think. Yeah. Um. But that being. But yes, absolutely. It doesn't have to be physical. Like you could, you know, just just be wanting to improve your social skills or something. Well, and I think that's a really good. And that's that's what I was about to ask. Is can you recall or think of any um. Oh, what was it? Any um. Any instances you've heard of of people doing like non non fitness related uh, self improvement uh, things, non fitness or non health? Okay, I was gonna say there's certainly a lot of people who are like, I want to stop drinking or smoking. Oh right, yeah, uh, that, that's that's the reason I'm thinking. Like I've heard those same things too. Um, yeah, and I think they are very good things if you can do them. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> like if you, but again, I think that people go overboard with them. Yeah, like say. I don't know. Say say you're you're you are drinking way too much. Don't go. I'm gonna stop drinking. Go like I'm gonna drink like X amount less per week or something. I like mean, that. I or I if you do that, but um, I it, it it wasn't something where I was like one second I'm fine with it and the next I was like I'm just gonna completely stop drinking. It was um at the end of a, a long a long stream of drinking and I'd been like look this is this is this is really bad it's costing a lot of money yeah and so I did I did cold turkey and I stopped drinking and it was really rough um and now I can I can happily have a drink I can even you know have a lot of drinks on one time and then for the next week or so I'm just like nope I'm not drinking anything yeah uh I mean, I did. Um, I think that's one of the the prime benefits of. I did. I did sober October with. Um, with. Uh, yes, I remember. And I, I feel like it's healthy to do that every now and again. Not yeah, only with with alcohol is the one that people focus on with stuff like that, but with anything. Like if you're say you, you have fast food too often, you know, take a month where you give up going out to eat and just instead you are going to cook for yourself and you're going to cook healthy food, like. I feel like you come out on the other side better because you you're essentially temp temporarily breaking a habit. And once you do that, if even if you go back to doing whatever the behavior was, you're yeah. not gonna it's not gonna be as bad. So like, you know, for instance, I'm gonna use fast food as an example. Say you're you know, you're eating out at like McDonald's like four days a week, right? Right. You take a month and you're like, I'm not gonna have That's any fast food tragic. for this whole month. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so at the end of it, maybe you go back and have it again, but now that you're not used to it, it isn't part of your normal routine, mm. um, suddenly maybe you are only having it like once every two weeks or something like that. It's not as much of a, a routine, as much of a craving. Yeah, and I, I think one of the main uh, litmus tests for that kind of thing, whether that has worked, is when you get to the end of those uh, periods where you're completely you know, trying to avoid something, there are people that say, oh, thank God that's over, now I can drink or eat. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. And that, the, 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 the goal of it is not to stop yourself doing the thing, it's to change your mindset so yeah. that you don't want to do that thing. Exactly. And that, that's one of the things, like, um, if you know, the, the whole New Year's resolution, stopping smoking was one um, in there. Mm. I, I think that rather than saying, I'm just going to quit cold turkey. Some people, cold turkey works. My dad used to smoke all the time, and he, he did. He quit cold turkey, and yeah. he never Normally went back. Normally because of family, yeah. Never went, like, and some people can do that. They, they have the willpower and the resolve to just say, nope, I'm done. Um, but other people, like... If you're not confident you will be able to, or you're worried that, you know, you'll hold off for a little bit and then do exactly what you just said, which is come back on the other side and go like, I'm going to smoke 18 packs of cigarettes. Um, mm. It just, it might be better to to just do a New Year's resolution like, I'm smoking like, you know, I don't know, two packs, I don't know, I, I don't smoke, but <laughs> I'm smoking like two packs of cigarettes a week, right? So I'm going to try to get that down to one. That's that's your resolution for the year. Get it down to one. And maybe you get down to one and you feel like, I can get this down even lower, and you can. But the resolution should be reasonable in that mm. you're just trying to, to cut back and be more responsible. Maybe smoking is a uh, bad example, but well, that's that's yeah. what I'm, I'm thinking is along those. It, going back to the original, it, it's about setting reasonable <laughs> goals. Yeah. Um, and Yeah, we have been talking awful lot about health, and it's quite a subject um i also kind of want to read a bit more because i mean i, I don't have the again i don't have really oh. the space in my room to hold many books but I, I i it's been so long since i've gone audible and uh that you know those sexy dinosaurs aren't going anywhere <laughs> um that is an episode. Does that, that need we... clarification or not? I don't think it does. Uh... <laughs> that is an episode that has been uh, promised for quite some time that we still haven't done. Oh, uh, yeah. But no, I think that's that. That is another good one. Um, I I actually did a resolution one year. Oh, excuse me. I got the hiccups all of a sudden. I have a I had a resolution one year where I wanted to finish more things. Mm. So typically, I, I I do read quite a bit. I, I play quite a few video games. I, I pick up quite a few projects and then fiddle with them for a while and then drop them. So I, I did a resolution to try and commit to finishing the things that I'm starting. So like if I start a TV show, even if it loses me, I'm going to finish it. Like assuming this TV show is already over and not ongoing. Uh, yeah. if, I, if I pick up a book, even if it starts to kind of lose me in places, before I pick up another book, I'm going to finish it. Uh, yeah. Same thing with a video game. It, like, I pick up this video game, I'm having some fun with it, but then, oh, another video game comes out and I want to play that. No, I have to finish the other one first. And, yeah. and so that was that was one resolution that, you know, non-fitness related thing that I, I tried. And I actually found myself 
feeling a lot more satisfied having finished the things rather than because you don't get as much satisfaction when you pick something up you know fiddle with it for a bit and then drop it yeah and also i think it's good to get if there's someone else who's doing uh, a resolution that you know um getting each other like amped up to doing it is is a really yeah. good and fun just way of doing things uh, I know I <laughs> certainly after this podcast I definitely feel like going out and like just running now oh yeah I'm gonna be lifting uh, some weights after this yeah <laughs> so uh, if there's someone else that you know um absolutely like share that kind of stuff with them and try and uh try try and help each other with your resolutions because it can be tough uh, and just that extra little bit of support can really do it right there are people out there who can entirely motivate themselves like they they once they make a promise themselves they're going to fulfill it but I, i feel like those people are in the minority like but exactly what you said if you make a resolution with somebody else and you're like hey you know you and i we're gonna go to the gym three days a week you know for the next three months and we're really gonna get fit and you feel like you're letting somebody else down when you don't keep to that kind of commitment and i feel like that that does maybe that's putting it yeah it's it's motivation maybe that's putting a bit of a negative spin on it but (laughs) what, what i mean is like it's a it's a support thing like people we're, we're social animals like you you need to have or not you don't need to have it but it does help when you're trying to accomplish something like that with somebody else and i feel personally like you get a lot more satisfaction when both of you cross the finish line and you're like we both set out and accomplished this goal yeah just gonna just gonna really get amped to read the hobbit yeah <laughs> I did the audiobook. Bilbo Burns. Sorry. Uh, I I did. I have I have read the Hobbit. I did the well, not read it. I did an audiobook. I I have actually read the book of it, but yeah, that's beside the point. <laughs> well, it was there was another um, thing. So recently, I haven't talked about it on the podcast because there's a a book club discussion, and I know the, yes, the person. The person who asked me to read the book um, listens to this, so I didn't want to talk about it on here. But after that discussion, I will be talking about that on the podcast. Okay, um, yeah. And that's, that's going to be next week, right? Probably next week, yeah. Um, but I finally finished the book. But point being, I probably this probably wouldn't have been a book that I read or would have cared to finish beyond like the first five pages had I not had somebody else who was expecting me to finish and wanted to discuss it with me. Yeah, and was so, it worth it? It was actually because the book, like it, it gets off to a very slow boil. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the first, like once you get past the first chapter, it really picks up and gets interesting. The ending can be a bit contentious, um, to say the least. But the rest of the book, like, was it was definitely worth reading, and I found myself very interested and engaged with all of the characters in the story in general um yeah just yeah. another another example of that like ha- you're right though having having somebody else there to kind of keep you on point yeah uh ca- case in point if uh this podcast was just me solo it probably wouldn't have been going this long well you're... <laughs> so what do i think 
Uh, well, good good point, me. Uh... <laughs> there are solo podcasts out there where people just kind of rant and rave about whatever topic has to be at mind. Really? Oh, that sounds tough. Yeah. No, they're out there. Uh, well, okay, so we are we are actually coming near the end of this uh, this thing. Any final thoughts? Do we want to talk about? Have you considered anything that you're thinking of doing as a New Year's re- resolution? Uh, I think. I mean, after the, these discussions, because like I said earlier, I, I'm there's a lot of things I could do, and I'm kind of unsure about. Mm. Um, but honestly, I I'm feeling like running now, and I feel like it's something I could sustain. So I'm gonna set um. Uh, all right. I don't want to set it too high, as we said, but also saying that it's actually going to like get me out of the house. Yeah. So I'm gonna say like a mi- at least minimum mile run a day, with exceptions to like. Yeah. Um, you know, family crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you going for like an average of run one a day. So if you run like three miles on Monday, you can take two. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's the thing. If, if I do end up missing out, on, I'm gonna try and do it every day. Mm-hmm. But if um. Yeah, if I do have to miss one, then I'll I'll run two on another day. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, it's I do spend too much time in the house, and just getting out in the fresh air will do me good. Plus, obviously, exercise will always do you good. Yeah, I got to think about this for myself. I haven't actually. So this year, like I said, I had more of a, a mental, intellectual kind of resolution. Right. But going into to next year, I feel like. Um, Again, maybe it's because we talked about so much physical stuff. I might be mm-hmm. doing something similar, like making a resolution to ensure that I have a certain... I don't want to do a minimum number of workouts a week because I do actually work out pretty much every day of the week anyway, of to varying degrees. So I, I've got to put some more thought into mine. But my, the two things that are in my mind right now are some kind of a fitness one similar to what you're talking about. Um, to to make sure I maintain this workout regime that I've developed during the quarantine. Uh, and then alternatively, I could continue on with my Spanish uh, learning and uh, make the resolution to try and be able to read a novel by the end of next year. Oh, freaky. So I've already I've done a short story this year. Maybe I can actually read uh, an actual book next year mm. if I keep going with it. So I've got some oh. thought to put in, but th- those are what's yeah. on my mind. And, and just relating more closely to home, um, I also uh, I'm gonna try and put more time into keeping <laughs> keeping the TFCJ podcast Twitter up to date because it's been weeks <laughs> since I've been on there, um, and I've been mean to and I feel bad about it. But right now I'm gonna at least get the the, the weekly thing down so that. You know, if you want a bit of information, a bit of a, I was going to say spoiler, a bit of a cheeky peek at what will be happening at the end of the week, you can go over to Twitter and have a look at, uh, I might drop a hint Mm. on uh, what we talk about. Yeah. It'll be there Uh, if you're one of these uh, strange people that use Twitter. (laughs) Yes. Strange, strange people. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, let's let's end it there. That's that's kind of a a good place to stop. So... Hopefully, you guys, for when this comes out, it will be after New Year's. So, hopefully, you had a happy New Year, a happy and safe New Year. And um, hopefully, you've come up with some uh, decent resolutions. Or if you haven't found them quite yet, hopefully, we've helped you think of some. 
Uh, either way, this is the end of episode 22 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you once again for listening to us, and hopefully you'll tune in again soon. Hope you've had a very merry new year. <laughs>